Grace Church would like to invite you to listen to a sermon by our pastor, Todd Nyberg. We are located at 4137 Todd's Road, two miles outside of Manowar Boulevard. Sunday services are at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Bible study is at 9.45 a.m. Wednesday services are at 7 p.m. Nursery is provided for all services. For more information, visit our website at toddsroadgracechurch.com. Now here's our pastor, Todd Nyberg. In John chapter 7, verse 24, this is how the Lord answered some criticism with regard to him. He said, judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. I've entitled this message, Judging righteous judgment. Now, every decision I make, every choice I make, every opinion I have regards some kind of judgment. The Lord says, Judge righteous judgment. This is what I want to do. I don't want to have. Self-righteous judgment, that's evil. That's all you can say it. Not talking about the critical, censorious spirit. But I want to judge righteous judgment. I would love to bring a scriptural message on this subject. I've heard people use this verse of scripture to justify their judgmental attitude. Judge righteous judgment. And they use that as a springboard to justify their moral outrage against the sins of society in general or their moral outrage against the sins of other individuals in particular. And they'll use this scripture to justify their judging. That's not right. What does the Lord mean when he says, judge Righteous judgment. What would you say is the most well-known and most often quoted scripture in the Bible? Judge not. That's used universally. Whether people believe the Bible or not, if they feel criticized or if they feel judged, the Bible says, judge not. Judge not. Don't you judge me. Even if I'm doing something that's contrary and wrong, don't judge me. The Bible says not to judge. Indeed, the Bible does say, judge not. And we should not judge in the way which the Lord condemns when we behold the speck that's in our brother's eye and are completely unperceptive of the two before in our own eye. And we think that we can help our brother get his splinter out when we have a two before in our own eye. Now, 
That's wrong. But to say we shouldn't judge at all, well, we make a judgment with regarding everything we do. I would like us to look in the context of where the Lord said this. And let me show you this in Matthew chapter 7. The Lord said in verse 1, Judge not that you be not judged. Now, whenever I judge somebody, if you and I have a relationship and I become judgmental and critical of you, you know what you're going to do? You're going to judge me harshly. You're going to see every flaw. You're going to see every fault. You're going to see every wart. When you perceive that I'm judging you, you're going to judge me much harsher. But if I don't judge you, you're not going to judge me either. That's what the Lord is talking about. He's not saying if you judge anybody, you'll be judged on the judgment day and go to hell. Because if that's the case, nobody will be saved. I'm a very judgmental person. I know it's evil. Uh, but I don't know anybody that's not. Judge not, though, that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considereth not the beam that's in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out of the mote out of thine eye, and behold the beams in your own eye? Thou hypocrite. Now those are the words of the Lord. And do you know that I find every time I'm judging somebody, I hear this word spoken to me. Hypocrite. Hypocrite. Thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Look at the next word, verse, though. Right after he makes that statement, Give not that which is holy unto the dogs. Neither cast ye your pearls before swine. Now, right off the bat, we're called upon to make a judgment. Who not to cast our pearls before and who not to give that which is holy to the dogs and the swine. I'm called upon to make a judgment at that time. So understand we're called upon to make righteous judgments, not in a critical self-righteous manner, looking down on somebody for what they're doing. But every time I hear, the, hear somebody preach, I need to Listen to it, see what's being said. I want to be like the noble Bereans who search the scriptures daily whether these things be so. I'm to make a judgment with regard to all I hear to see if it's of God or if it's of man. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 15, we read, He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just, even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Now there's a judgment involved. Somebody that God's justified if I condemn them, I'm an abomination to the Lord. Somebody that he's condemned and I justify, I'm an abomination to the Lord. There are judgments involved there. <clears throat> I think of um, Genesis chapter 18 where the Lord tells Abraham he's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham said, what if there's 50 righteous people there? You'll not destroy the righteous with the wicked. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Now, one thing Abraham knew with regard to the Lord, 
He would do right. And so here's a judgment we make with regard to everything we see. Shall not the judge of the earth do right? Whatever he does is right. And he doesn't do it because it's right. It's right because he does it. Don't be God's judge. Don't sit in judgment on God and say, how could God let this happen? How could God let that happen? Why did God allow this to happen? Don't be God's judge. Whatever he does is right. And it's right because he does it. So make that judgment right off the bat. If you want to judge righteous judgment, judge that whatever the Lord does is right, whether you understand it or not, because you trust his character. Now, in the context of this uh, statement that the Lord made, let's back back up to verse 19. The Lord says to these people, and they were criticizing him for uh, healing somebody on the Sabbath day. They were judging him. You're working on the Sabbath day. He healed a man that had been paralyzed for 38 years. They became so furious. Uh, he's showing no respect for our religion. He's doing these things on the Sabbath day. They hoped that they would be saved by not working on the Sabbath day, showing they had no understanding of what the Sabbath day was in the first place. And they were critical of the Lord. And the Lord said, did not Moses give you the law? Yet none of you keepeth the law. Was that a righteous judgment altogether? My dear friend, did you know that you and I have not kept one commandment of God one time? You take the Ten Commandments. You and I have not kept one. I'm talking about in God's perspective. I'm not talking about outward obedience. God looks at the heart. You and I have not kept one commandment one time. That is righteous judgment. And the people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? They said, You're demon-possessed. You're crazy. Was that righteous judgment? No. This is the Son of God they're speaking to. Jesus answered and said unto them, I've done one work, and you all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it's of Moses, but of the fathers, and you on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. Now, according to the Old Testament law, eight days after you were born, you were to be circumcised. Sometimes that eighth day would fall on the Sabbath day. They didn't wait until Monday or Saturday, Sunday or Monday to do it. They did it on the Sabbath day, exactly eight days. And the Sabbath wasn't being broken when they did that. Now he says, are you angry at me because I've made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge righteous judgment. Your criticisms of me are altogether wrong. Judge righteous judgment. Now, in appearance to you, I've broken the law. But even though it may appear that way, I didn't do that. Judge, not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. In 1 Samuel 16, when Samuel came, God said, you go into the house of Jesse and I'll show you my king, and I want you to anoint him. And so, Jesse's first son comes, verse 6, and it came to pass when they were come, he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. This was a big, tall, good-looking guy. If there's anybody that ought to be the king, it ought to be this guy. I mean, he looks like he fits the bill. At this time, Samuel was judging according to appearance. Now look what the Lord said to him. 
Verse 7. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Appearance-wise, we don't really know anything by appearance. Don't judge according to the way things look, the way things appear, but judge righteous judgment, what the Lord God calls righteous judgment. Think of this. Colossians 1.22 says every believer is holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. And do you hear what that says? In God's sight, everybody that Jesus Christ died for, everybody that he has saved, is holy, unblameable. There's nothing you can blame them for. Unreprovable. There's nothing you can reprove them for. They're perfect in Christ Jesus in God's sight. If I'm perfect in God's sight, that means I am perfect. You see, the way he sees things, that's the way it is. The way the appearance you and I see, we don't see it all. But God sees how it is in his sight. Here's another scripture. Now we know that whatsoever things the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world, world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. You see, nothing you or I could ever do, no matter how good it may appear, it may appear great, but we can't be justified in his sight because God sees things as they are. The scripture even says the plowing of the wicked is sin. God sees things as they are. So what about judge not? When you think of what God sees, I think of that scripture, God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. This is what God saw. Maybe no other man saw this, but God did. God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's what God saw. See things as God sees them. That is judging righteous judgment. But somebody may be thinking, well, what is meant then by judging not? Judge not that you be not judged. You know, I don't know how many times I've heard uh, somebody say something that's contrary to the gospel. I'm not talking about nitpicking. I'm talking about somebody that preached something that was contrary to the gospel, believed something that's contrary to the gospel saying salvation's by works. And I've said, that's wrong. That's not the gospel. And they said, judge not. You ought not judge other people's religion. <laughs> you better. You better judge what you're hearing. Try the spirits, whether they be of God. You better find out if what you're hearing is according to the word of God. Um, if somebody says, well, you shouldn't judge somebody. Well, that's, what if your child disobeyed you and you got ready, ready to uh, give them the proper punishment for that disobedience and they said, 
don't judge me. You got no right to judge me. Uh, you'd let them know that, yes, you do have a right to judge them as their parent, and you're going to correct them for that. This thing of saying you shouldn't uh, judge anything here, that's not what it means. Well, what does it mean when he's saying, judge not? I want to read a passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 1 and Romans chapter 2 that I think will uh, let us know what is meant by not being judgmental. In Romans chapter 1, Paul is talking about the sins of the Gentile world. And he says with regard to the Gentile world, being filled. That means this is all there is there. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, malignity, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. What a litany of sin. What a list of sin. Now look what he says next. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. That's me. That's you. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, you condemn yourself, for thou that judgest doest the same things. Somebody says, I don't do those things. God says you have. You and I do not have the right to sit in moral condemnation on anybody for anything. That's what he's talking about when he says, judge not that you be not judged. For me to be judgmental of anybody in the sense of looking my, down my nose at them is an act of hypocrisy. Listen to what James says in James chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judges his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who is able to save and destroy you, literally you. Who are you to judge your brother? You don't have a leg to stand on for me to sit in judgment of you is an act of hypocrisy on my part. I love what Paul said in uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 4. Who are you that judges another man's servant? You know, you're, when you start judging somebody, that person doesn't answer to you. Who are you to judge somebody else's servant? You don't have a leg to stand on there. He said uh, uh, in verse 10, Why dost thou judge thy brother and set it not thy brother? 
For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. That brother that you're judging and criticizing, he's going to stand accepted before the judgment seat of Christ. And you will too. What business do you have judging him? He said in Romans chapter 14, verse 14, let us not judge one another anymore. So we see what he's not saying is we're not to be judgmental in that sense, but he did say to judge righteous judgment. Let's begin right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. Paul said, for if we would judge ourselves, we would not be condemned. Now there's a place to begin with righteous judgment. Judge and condemn yourself. Take sides with God against yourself. Agree with what God says with regard to you. If you would do that, if I would do that, the scripture says if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all iniquity. Now, that doesn't mean confess each individual sin. Uh, Most of the sins we've committed, we don't even know we've committed them. And if we did confess them all, there's not enough hours in the day for us to do that. What he's saying is you take sides with God against yourself. That's righteous judgment. Judge righteous judgment. And then I love what Peter said In Acts chapter 4, verse 19, when the Jews told him to not preach in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you rather than God judge ye, whether I ought to obey God or you, make the judgment. For we cannot but speak the things which we've seen or heard. Our rule of faith and conduct is what he said. Now, there's right judgment to believe what God says, and to do what God says, to believe the gospel. Now listen to this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Paul made this statement, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of knowledge, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined, and there the word determined as I made this judgment. Here's righteous judgment. I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I made this my judgment that the only thing I should preach, this should be the only subject, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Jesus Christ, who He is, the Son of God. God manifest in the flesh. The God-man, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, the Savior, God's Christ, God's prophet, God's priest, God's king, the person of Christ and his work, crucified. The most godlike thing God ever did was have his son nailed to a cross. This is God's eternal purpose. I'm not to preach against the sins of society. That's what most preachers are trying to preach against this and preach against that. That's not what Paul did. He said, I determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now here's righteous judgment. To understand that Christ crucified is everything. It's all that's needed to save me. It's all that's needed to motivate me. Christ crucified is everything and to preach anything else is wrong. Have you made that determination? Have you seen such glory in the cross of Jesus Christ, that you would make the same determination of Paul. I made this determination. I made this judgment 
not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Listen to this. Here's my, I reckon this might be my favorite words in the scripture. From the cross, what did He say? It is finished. My salvation was finished. Completely finished by the work of Christ on the cross. By one offering, he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Now here is righteous judgment. Paul said, I've determined not to know anything among you, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Now, I'd like to read a passage of scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul makes this statement beginning in verse 13. For whether we beside ourselves, it's to God. Or whether we be sober, it's for your cause. Whether we appear to be crazy or sober-minded. He says, the love of Christ constraineth us. His love to us. For we thus judge. Here's our judgment. That if one died for all, then we're all dead. Now who's the all? Is that talking about all men without exception? No, it's talking about all he died for. The elect. If one died for all, then are all dead. When Christ died, I died. Justice was satisfied. My sin was paid for. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Now here is just judgment. Here is righteous judgment. I'm not to live for myself. I'm to deny myself. I'm to take up my cross and follow him because he died for me and put away my sin and made me perfectly accepted before God the only righteous judgment that comes out of that is to live unto him. Now I want to close by reading of a judgment made by Mary and Martha. (coughs) We read in verse 38, (coughs) and it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. You picture Martha scurrying back and forth working. Mary just sitting there listening. Verse 40, but Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. You're not supposed to tell the Lord what to do. And she was upset. This is not fair. I'm doing all the work. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Sitting at my feet, hearing my word. Mary hath chosen that good part. There's a righteous judgment. Mary hath chosen that good part. By appearance, I suppose Martha looked better. She was the one doing all the work. But Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. 
Oh, judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. This is Todd Nybert praying that God will be pleased to enable us to judge not according to the appearance, but to judge righteous judgment. To receive a copy of the sermon you have just heard, send your request to todd.nybert at gmail.com or you may write or call the church at the information provided on the screen.